Want to grow your business but are struggling to achieve the results you need? Need to generate more leads using social media? Well, stay tuned as our guest today has some really interesting tips, advice, and so much more. Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyford to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. So love is in the air. Emer, Valentine's Day is nearly here. Oh, did you are. Goodness. <laughs> I was there going, I need a coffee after that. I am... Gosh, Do poetry for you. You are. <laughs> you are a romantic old. I didn't say old, did I? So, uh, <laughs> well, thank you, Emer. <laughs> so, so go on. Why are you all romantic? Well, I have to say, you know, Valentine's does hold a special place in my heart because it was the very first date that I went on with my wife. Ah. Yeah. Now, before you start grabbing those Kleenex, you know. As I reminisce, Emer, oh, what have you got for us today? What have you found? Oh, uh, that's short, that's short shift there. It was a like, short <laughs> shift. <laughs> oh, well, I've got something you would like the sound of. It's not so romantic, I'm okay. afraid. Um, with Emer's experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, tips, updates, and more. So, as I said, it's not so romantic, um, but I know you like the sound of this. So, as you are a fan of LinkedIn, like myself mm-hmm. and quite a few people out there, it's launched its angle on audio. Now, I was saying this last year. Do you remember, like, mm. Clubhouse and Twitter? And, you know, yeah. uh, it's just, it just seems to be going across the board. Um, yeah. And they have it out on, uh, in beta version at the minute. Uh, so, some people already have their hands on it and mm. hopefully not long to wait, as they say, now, they say to have your creator mode turned on in your LinkedIn profile, which is below your, um, you know, your headline. Um, you'll see it says your dashboard and then you need to turn yours on. I presume you have yours turned on. Uh, I don't think I have it yet, but as soon as I get notification, I will turn it on. Yeah, do, do. And um, so to get you into the mindset of thinking about audio events, because I know we're all kind of edging towards, oh, face to face, but mm. still... I think audio is a great way to network because then you don't have to worry about your hair or your makeup, Philip, you know? Yeah. I, I still do it, though, even though it's radio. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, to find, get yourself into the mindset, go in and uh, in the search bar of LinkedIn, type in audio event and filter the results to events. Um, and then you can go in and attend by reserving your spot and get reminded in notifications and add it to your calendar. Yeah. So there could be something that you really wanted to attend and then you go, Oh, when was that? So you can add it to your calendar and then you can share it out to others to let them know about the event. And then from there you can follow with the event speakers, which I always say is a really, really good strategy because I always said with Twitter is at least go in and follow the, the event speakers. Um, and you will be able to see who else, who else, you know, like uh, who are the creators creating and hosting the event room. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then you can join an audio event from desktop and mobile. So you can switch between the both, which wow. I think sounds really good because you could be at your desk one moment and then you're going to have to go out and you could be going, you know, I don't know, on a school pickup or whatever. And mm-hmm. you can pop your AirPods in and still be uh, part included. of the event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. 
Um, and before I leave you with that thought about audio events, what you can do is if you wanted to sort of even create your own. So, you know, the way you have a post in LinkedIn and then mm. you've got photo video, there's a little button that says event. At the moment, all you have a choice is our LinkedIn live, if you have it, or an external event link in there. You will then have when it rolls out is LinkedIn audio events. So there that's where you can set up your own. And then again, it, I think it looks like clubhouse or even um twitter um spaces the way the mm. little head you know you have the headshots in a circle yes. and mm. so and then if you want to keep up uh, with what's coming up you can follow those events um hashtags so linkedin audio linkedin audio events you know and and again people wonder why would you use an audio event yeah well, I, I will certainly, I think the, the popularity, I know Clubhouse has sort of has waned a bit, but it, yeah, it's starting to make some changes. Ages. Yeah. Twitter Spaces seems to be doing very well. I think it's sort of invigorated Twitter as a platform. Yes, um, indeed. Just talk yeah. that Facebook are going to be doing their own fairly soon. Yeah. And yeah. obviously LinkedIn and LinkedIn has a very powerful community that's growing. So I think definitely interesting. Watch this space. Exactly. Um, yeah. And uh, again, you don't have to worry about the hair or the makeup. So there you go. A hundred percent. But, you know, while that all sounds great, there is always one audio event that you never want to miss, Emer. Isn't that right? Um, <laughs> uh, it's gone out of my head. I don't it's know what out. you're talking about. OK, well, let me remind you, uh, ever heard of the digital gig, <laughs> Emer? Huh? Red alert! Red alert! You've got that bookmarked, I'm sure. Uh, vaguely. <laughs> Okay, well, listen, doing my deep dive research into the archives of the digital historic box that I have in the corner of the room, I got something that's related to both social and, I suppose, Valentine's. So Ooh, I'm doing double whammy. So, yeah. Oh, go on. Go on. So we were, what do you call people who have fallen in love on Twitter? Oh, I don't know. Tweet hearts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I think I think somebody needs to, you know, get, get, have a duvet day. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so as ever, if you find today's social media joke anyway oh. engaging and would like more of them, yes, you are. So much love, you know, as I say, good, so much luck there. And uh, you'll, and we'd love more of them and all that kind of thing. My head's gone at this stage. Um, you can catch Philip's previous jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping on to the Let's Get Social podcast on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and the Dublin South FM website. And as I always say, speak through the first three minutes and you'll be grand. <laughs> These are great. You know, this is quality content that could be repurposed. So <laughs> please but don't, anyway. please don't. <laughs> But anyway, we are delighted. We have to get to the uh, professional part of the show. Of course. And we're, we are delighted to be joined by another social media, but specialist business expert, Lilac Bullock. And Lilac is the founder of Lilac Bullock Limited, where she helps coaches and solopreneurs create Ben and Jerry type partnerships, mm. fill up their bank accounts, switch their minds to genius business mode and explode their businesses like a treat filled Pinata, and with 15 plus years experience and working with hundreds of businesses, helping them identify problems and finding the right solutions, Lilac knows what it takes to reach your goals. So if you want to grow your business, but are struggling to achieve the results, keep listening. And so without further ado, welcome to Let's Get Social, Lilac Bullock. <coughs> How are you? I think she's fell <laughs> over. <laughs> You're going to use that joke in your next presentation. It's the joke. It's the tweet. Oh, I can't remember what it was now, but yeah, sorry. 
Ah, you're you're please heart, please heart, please heart. That's it. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm still recovering from the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how I feel every week. But anyway, yeah. um, I was going to say to you, Lilac, um, it's great to have you on the show. Um, and uh, how was the digital giggle for you? As it kind of got you all, uh, you know, positive lovey, and lovey dovey <laughs> for social media. I don't know. Or are we breaking up? Are we breaking up? I think. <laughs> no, we're not breaking up. We're not breaking up. And um, oh, you know, I don't know. I just find it a bit gimmicky, really. Am I getting? Am I getting? old? Also, because I I live in Israel, so it's not like celebrated as much. It's not such a big thing here. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But I just think it's a commercial thing. You know. Yeah. yeah. I have to agree with you. Yes. Mm. Like like I can buy some beautiful roses or flowers. Normally, it might be 15, 20 euro. Come Valentine's, they're treble the price. Yeah. Yeah. And they're kind of flat. Yeah. So I think love should be every day, not a once a year day. Like birthdays, I think we should be kind to each other every day, not just one day of the year. And yeah, that's what I think. I just think it's a bit over commercialized now. Yeah. No, we're there with you. Terrible. Yeah, definitely. I think like, you know, that's where what you do is then you go and buy your Valentine's cards the next day. <laughs> Keep them the following year. You know, it's, it's like my birthday. My birthday is the 4th of January. And every year I used to, when I lived in England, I always used to get sale gifts like for my birthday. And I was like, well, you know, you need to give me double the presents. But <laughs> <laughs> I like the sign of that. Yeah, I like that. I never got double. I never got double. There would always be sales. That used to, I can remember as a child, it used to really wind me up because I could sometimes see, you know, like the stickers on the back. Do you remember Aww. boots when they yeah, used yeah, to yeah, yeah. green stickers? Yeah, yeah, I can still remember it. Yeah. yeah, It could be worse if your birthday was on Christmas Day and then you just got really double warmed, don't you? Well, that's very true. Well, I was due Christmas Day, but thank God I was 10 days late. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Right. Mm. Well, there you go. You get that second present in, you know. So, and it's nice to have a birthday in journey with such a, we just, yeah, we're back to work and it's sort of, I you, know. Need a, you need a lift. But listen, Lila, it's great to finally get to speak to you. Um, you know, you've had a very interesting journey kind of through social media now, specializing in business and, and, and business growth. Would you mind, I suppose, telling the listeners, you know, about your journey to where you've got to today? Yeah, yeah, no, it's been quite a journey. Um, so I've been running businesses for 17 years now. Um, I started out as a virtual PA um, and I had, um, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, 17 years ago. My daughter had just been born and I just wanted to work from home. Um, so I thought I'll go back to my secretarial roots. And um, within two years, the business had grown dramatically. I had a team of staff. I had offices. I gone to Downing Street for best month of the year and um yeah no it was it totally grew and it just totally catapulted me into the social media world I was one of the early adopters I could see Mm. I was one of the first people to Twitter um and what it did was it launched me into the social media space and um I then created a digital marketing agency so I totally pivoted Mm-hmm. And yeah, over the years I've ran and sold businesses. I've had multiple different agencies from digital marketing to content and PR. And um, also done the whole speaking thing before Corona, I should add. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I, literally a month before Corona, I was in uh, Russia speaking at an event there. So, wow. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'm, so I, I look fondly at my uh, traveling speaking days. Um, but I've always been obsessed with business. I think it's in my DNA. And I've always loved coaching and consulting. Mm-hmm. And I just decided, you know, just to purely focus on that. So my mission is to help over a million people um, be kind to themselves, believe in themselves, and to create scalable, growing businesses. Wow. That's great. That's That's actually a really, really different angle because a lot of coaches would be, you know, we'll get the dollars in the door kind of thing. You're really Mm. kind of giving people confidence um, to move forward. Um, And actually, I was going to say, everyone should go and check out your website because it's I think it's amazing. It's got such incredible content. Um, you've got great blogs. Actually, one of them was the top three traits for super success, which I thought, geez, you can't pass that. Um, could you talk about that um, and how business owners can start to employ these in 2022? Because a lot of people are kind of reassessing where they've over the last two years, and maybe this is a good kickstart for them. Hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't know if I can combine it into three, but I'll give you my top ones. Um, I think for me, it's the way I work with my clients is really it's all about taking massive, consistent action. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we live in, I mean, I've been running businesses now for 17 years. And yes, social media, I mean, when I first started, social media didn't exist. Um, And social media is fantastic and I love it. But there is a very dark side to it. And also, yeah. it's it's so saturated. There's literally, you know, there's nobody creating anything unique now. It's just a reselling of it. So I think to stand out, we have to do so much more today than we did five, even two years ago, ten years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. So I think taking massive, consistent action, um, being really, really disciplined, um, with your time, learning to say no, you yeah. know, a lot of people really struggle to say no, setting boundaries, mm-hmm. um, always over-delivering, making sure that, like, I try and be different. Yeah. Everything I do, I try and be really authentic, different. I think, you know, understanding who your niche is as well. I think so many entrepreneurs, they go round and round in circles because they don't know who they're trying to target and they're where they're what where everyone is, but not necessarily where their target is. So I think making sure that you know where your target audience is and speaking to them in their language, like what they actually want. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately, you know, the biggest thing is I think it's like 97% of entrepreneurs, they their businesses don't grow. And they don't know what they're making next month or in three months' time. And I think it's making sure that you focus on your numbers, making sure that you do know these things um, and treating your business as a business, not as a hobby. I think um, I, I could go on and on. There's just so many different things. But I think to break it down in the top three, it would be taking the right action consistently, um, being really disciplined and organized with your time. And um, I'm trying to think of a, another top three because there's just so many. I think, uh, go on. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, well, I think you sort of had alluded to it there that um, I suppose proper kind of planning, because I think businesses, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the 
I think businesses, when it comes to social or any type of marketing or how to grow or customer mm. relationship management, they they get overwhelmed or they kind of get addled as to how they're going to do everything. They have to be on everything, but they don't really have a plan behind well, why are they doing what they're doing? Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I suppose, would you see that with your clients that sometimes they, they're doing it for the sake of doing it or they see others doing it, but they don't really know why they're doing it. And when they set out a plan of action with an end goal in mind, that things become more clear. Yeah, no, totally. And, and this is something that um, is, is just ridiculous. If you think about it, if we, if we think about the stats, and they, they say like 97% of solo entrepreneurs aren't successful. Mm. And yet everybody's comparing, everybody's copying what their competitors are doing, thinking, well, if they're doing it, it must be right. Mm. But all that's doing is populating myths and everyone else is just doing it all wrong. Um, So I I think, you know, you can have a plan and you can set intentions. But the problem is with plans is that entrepreneurs, we're, we're very creative individuals. We're very good at coming up with ideas and plans and having lots of different things on the go. But we have to focus on one core thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would actually add to the, to the free as well. And I think, you know, we spoke before about mindset. We touched on it. Mm-hmm. I think it, it is the mindset. You know, you've got to be able to cope with the inevitable challenges, the inevitable failures or I don't like that word failure, but when things don't go as you thought. And also anticipation, you know, anticipating that not everything is going to go the way you want or expect it to, or some days you might not feel great. And it's creating coping mechanisms around that so that you can push through and keep rising up, 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 above all the time. Yeah. No, it's it's very... um... I think it's a very valid point you make. Um, like, I know, you know, like myself and Emer, like Emer works for herself. I have worked myself. Um, something that we always hear in business owners here is, oh, you've got to set goals. And, you know, and there's loads of different frameworks. You can have smart or you can have just write down your short, medium, tongue, long-term goals. Yeah. Like when you work with businesses, um, do you, is there a sort of, do you have a way that you might say to them to set out goals or is there a different way to, to approach that kind of side of planning your, your business going forward? Yeah, I love that question. I mean, you've got your traditional SMART goals, which is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time bound, mm. which I do think work well, but I actually try and do a different approach. Um, so when I work with clients, it's, focusing on 90-day goals as well as six months, 12 mm. months, and five-year goals. But I have a, an approach that because part of the challenge that I have when I work with people is they, they're, they're so creative and coming up with ideas and they want to do something. So I push back and I say, okay, if you can find 30 minutes every single day to work on that idea for the next 90 days, then go for it. Mm but you can't make any changes to what you're already doing. So you have to find 30 minutes a day. And this is what inevitably happens is that people can't consistently find the time to work on that plan that they want. Um, So that's one of the ways that I work in terms of goal setting. But I think, I think, you know, I do like the smart system, but I think that it's really, I don't like the achievable part because I think that, is a real mindset thing. 
And that's when people set goals far too low um, so that they think they're going to attain it. Mm -hmm. And I think as entrepreneurs, we should set such big goals that we're always striving and pushing ourselves so much because, I mean, let's say, let's just do a financial goal. Let's say your goal is to make um, 10K um, one month, but you decide, well, you're only making 2K, so let's start with 5K. If you set it at 10K, you'd more likely reach 7K. So it's just about pushing yourself more. So I think achievable doesn't always work, but I think it's, it's a good way to do it. But it's a mindset thing again. Yeah. Well, then may- maybe you could go in and say almost achievable. Well, I, I do. You know I'm a great believer in setting such big goals that you can't even imagine the outcome. Mm. Like, if, if you'd have said to me that I'd have been speaking, like, I would never ever, like, for me to have gone into the professional speaking where I was, you know, being paid six figures to speak, I was a keynote yeah. speaker, I traveled all over the world. You're yep. talking to somebody who would go bright red for the thought of speaking, who was wow. petrified, who would sweat, who I could never, ever have imagined it. And if you just said, okay, set yourself a goal mm-hmm. just to speak at events and not become a professional speaker, I'd have done that. But because I decided, you know what, I'm going to push myself and create something that there's no way anyone would want me, let alone pay me to speak on a stage in front of 10,000 people. So sometimes I think we should set dreams and, and goals which are totally unimaginable, you know, yeah. so that we can aspire to them. I think, you know, I've done a lot of research on really successful entrepreneurs and there's a lot of them who say their only regrets in business is that they never set big enough goals because they would be in a very different place right now. That's actually yeah. really interesting because, yeah. you know, most people would say, oh, well, I want to get from A to maybe D and I'll sit here at B, you know, and, uh, you know, when yeah. they should be going, I want to get to Z. Yeah. I want to get there, you know, and maybe, as you say, maybe putting things in place that you get those stepping stones, hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah 100%. Like, like, I think like there's a couple of things that, that do come to mind and these may resonate you and be interested to get your point in this, um, Lilac, was like, I've always been a big admirer of, say, Richard Branson. I've read his biographies and mm. stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I always, I, I loved a couple of things that he said where he kind of said, you know, if someone said to him that it can't be done, I'd always ask, why can't it be done? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or if someone asks, asks you to do something and you don't know how to do it, say, yes, you can and mm. learn and figure it out. Yeah. And, mm. and I suppose... It's, it's wonderful when you think of all the incredible achievements in medicine, in technology we're seeing, mm-hmm. yeah, electric, yeah. electric cars, et cetera. Like mm-hmm. if, if, if the people or the visionaries didn't think they'd ever make those, mm. they'd never have got done. So That's so true. Um, yeah, no, you know, totally. So, um, I mean, I think that goes back to the initial question of the free trades. Ultimately, it's the mindset that will push you to, to break out yeah. and do these massive things, you know. Yeah. Um, I, it's not my, I'm not more talented or skilled or more intelligent. I have zero qualifications. And yet, you know, I've spoken at Oxford University and been asked to speak at Harvard. And yes, I'm name dropping a little bit here, but I'm doing it just to prove a point that it's not about that. And in my experience of not only working, you know, the last 17 years and, and coaching, mentoring so many different entrepreneurs, but also, from my research and studies, 
it really is how determined and how driven you are and how willing you are to outwork other people mm. and just push through the no's and the naysayers and mm. and and just totally believe in yourself and, and be kind to yourself when it doesn't work. And, and as I said earlier, just to rise up and keep pushing through. You've got to be so resilient. Yeah. Well, I have to say you really give that across on social media. Um you know, you really do, you know, you're very aspirational with quite a few of your posts. Um, I, I'm, I have to say I'm a big fan and, and looking at what you post. Um, the thing about it is, and it, this is where Philip and I always say to people, you don't have to be on everything, right? You know, because, <laughs> you know, God, I, I keep saying you don't have to be on TikTok, Philip, but he keeps on, he's, <laughs> he's trying to push the boundaries out. I mean, do you like have, I mean, like, I know you have to be consistent, right? But what mm, tips mm. would would you have, maybe one or two, that would help people keep to their smart goals where where can, but be super productive and, and manage time effectively when it comes to social media? You know, do you do you yeah. sort of have a plan? Do you have like a content calendar and you sort of got right? We're gonna go with this, this, and this, and the rest. So, and you know, there's a lot of questions in there. But um, sorry. <laughs> Well done, Emer. Put the guest under pressure. I was, I was trying. I was trying to. I was trying to kind of make sure I got all the boxes ticked. You know. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's like great. But first of all, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your compliment. That, that's great. And I, it's always nice to receive. So thank you. Um, okay. So first question was, um, where should you be? So the most obvious is where is your audience? You know, yes. if your audience isn't on TikTok then you shouldn't be on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> um, that said, it's about like, so for example, my audience is on LinkedIn and Facebook, but I spend more time on Facebook, but I get better conversions on LinkedIn. So logically would say that I should spend more time on LinkedIn. Um, I do believe in having an omni-channel social media presence, which is basically being visible as, as many places as possible. Mm -hmm. But I also believe in being consistent and making sure that you don't spread yourself too thin. So if you only have time or resources or budget or whatever it is to do a certain amount, make sure that you are magnificent on that platform. Make sure that you stand out, that you're speaking to people, that you're getting really, really good results. And I think this is what social media all comes down to. I, I'm... I may go against what you say here and maybe your listeners, but I think engagement, you know, is a load of BS. It doesn't equal ROI. And mm. I'm all about the ROI. Yeah. So I think, you know, ignore the vanity metrics. Make sure that you know your numbers. You're looking at what's converting, what's performing well. And whatever it is, you just do more of that again and again and be as consistent as possible. Mm. Um in terms of productivity and how I get organized, I I do have VAs working for me. I have free to manage because there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, I also use a tool. So I use Agora Pulse for my social media management, my scheduling. Mm -hmm. um, and I have, I use Trello and Monday and I have content calendars. It, it's quite a setup. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a process you have in place though i suppose you know like and it works uh, yeah it works you know kind mm. of like i we would use trello for yeah ideas for the radio show and the various 
boards that you can create and then they can uh-huh. flow into the the other content calendars that we would have so mm. and once you get into the flow then it's 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 fantastic um like it's interesting that you mentioned there obviously because i think this is an area that a lot of businesses and i think you sort of cracked it but you've obviously learned this through experience um but a lot of business owners i feel where maybe the the owner or the person who founded the business who's the visionary is also trying to be the uh, the accountant and the salesperson and the marketing person. Mm, mm. And that's where the over, the overwhelm happens as opposed to like you have, you've got your virtual assistants, you have a team, so you mm. can be strategic and conceptualize, but then you have the people who are actually on the ground doing the tweets, mm. the posts, mm-hmm. the customer management. And I think delegation is a, is a big factor as well that, you know, if you're the visionary, make sure you're not trying to be all things to everybody. Delegate yep. certain things so you can focus on what you're best at. Yeah, no, 100%. And I have to tell you that I think that's what's helped me grow my business and what's helped me stand apart from everyone in my competition is that yeah. from day one, when I had no money, I invested in outsourcing. I'm not one of those people who waited until I had money to invest. Mm-hmm. I've always, always invested whether I didn't have money, I borrowed it, took credit cards, whatever it took to do it, because I always knew that it was not worth my time to be, no disrespect to anyone who does it, but, you know, to be sending out things when I could easily outsource it. So I'm a massive, massive fan of delegation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Makes it makes makes sense. I think. Well, you can't you can't do it all. Um, I mean, like you get no work done. Isn't that what they say? Uh, it's, it's very true. And um, and the other way of looking at it is like you know you're you're out there. You're trying to build a business. You're trying to generate leads and all that kind of thing. And mm. especially if in the sort of services bi- business, if you are selling products, mm. people. Uh, it's it, I think it's sometimes a little easier because people can see them. But yes. with services, it's a different story. Yes. What's your take? What's your tail take on that, um, Lila? Um, on the uh, going forward, you know, for generating leads on social media, you know, um, because I think sometimes people kind of go, "Oh, I don't want to be too salesy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I love that question. Look, at the end of the day, unless you just are bored and have nothing to do, then ninety-seven percent of us are on there to sell. So yeah. let's just cut the crap. And I think, yeah. I think that's what really annoys me. It's like um, you can't please everyone. Like in LinkedIn, I, I'm quite um, – I don't think I'm aggressive, but I'm, um, I'm out there on LinkedIn and I message a lot of people because I'm so passionate about what I do and, I, you know, my mission is to help so many people. So I, I believe so strongly in what I do and I want to help as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And some people – adore my content and I write back and say oh thank you so much blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. and others are like oh my god get to know me first sort of thing mm-hmm. and it's like well how can I get to know you you know we, we live in a very different world let's be honest how can we this is my belief and again feel free to totally disagree with me how can we you know like on LinkedIn alone I've got over 20,000 connections yeah how can I possibly build relationships with all of them is it, you just can't and we're living no. in a very different time yeah. and this whole bs routine of back and forth getting to know one another and then going in for the kill what, yeah. what's that about i mean yeah. mm-hmm. why not be transparent and honest i'd much prefer someone to reach out to me and i think just from sending you know five or six messages what then i'm going to buy from you what what's the difference i still don't know you unless i have a call with you 
yeah. I still am not going to get to know you. So I think, you know, in business, a business doesn't survive without sales. I think marketing is really important. I do know there is huge value in building relationships, and I'm not negating that at all. But what we find is that most entrepreneurs spend, it needs to be flipped. Most people spend more time marketing and less time selling. And they need to spend more time, in my experience, selling selling versus marketing because they're just not making enough money. Yeah. And then the point of also when you're on LinkedIn, um, I, I even say the same about Twitter is be connected to the people who you can help or who can help you. Anyone outside of that, uh, look, you're wasting your time. You you know, whatever's, you know, if you're mm. connected with them, what they post, unless it's going to be resonating with you, there's no point in being connected with them. You know, yeah. it's not really going to help you. Yeah. Or- yeah. Um, no, I totally agree. And it's interesting because, you know, when I first started, my business, it was the total opposite because it was all old school networking face-to-face and it was all about you don't know who they know, you know, they oh, yeah. prefer you. Yeah. But, again, nobody's doing that today unless they know you because there's too many people. The markets are too saturated. So mm. what you said is, is 100% and people are so obsessed with having large networks and big connections, but no. it, it as you say, it's really not about that today. Things have changed. Oh, yeah. It's like um, I actually had to turn down my first in-person event to attend this month. Um, and I hemmed and hawed about it. And I rang a friend and she and she said, "Are you, is your audience there? No. Then why are you going? <laughs> yeah, it makes so yeah, sense. Totally. Yeah, totally. I need yeah. somebody to come back and say that to me because I was like, oh, but you never know who you do at the minute, the way things have changed. But again, it's the same online as well. There's no point in being connected or trying to draw somebody in who isn't exactly your, your ideal client or customer, you know? Yeah, Yeah. totally. Totally. Yeah. Like I think like it does raise a very interesting question, both on social and just business in general, because you see so many businesses, both large and small Mm. who are either, um, chasing business just for the sake of having the work yeah. in, but mm. they're not really a target audience. No, or mm-hmm. or to be able to say, "Yeah, I'm connected with so and so," but so and so is never going to do no bring any benefit or have any want to have a relationship. And it's kind of interesting, I suppose, even when you're filling out your your LinkedIn profile, you know, you're still not you don't get that sort of um, you know, that you're an, a LinkedIn all star until you go over the the five hundred plus connections. So, and so there is a still a bit of sort of, oh, I have to get a certain number to be seen as sort of like this authority or an mm. influencer, mm. as opposed to I've got a hundred connections or I have a hundred Twitter followers, but pretty much they all engage with me and I engage with them back and there's a, a reciprocal relationship. So, so I think you're both right. I think social has moved way beyond what used to be the, the whole vanity thing. Yeah, it's 20,000 followers or whatever to where mm. now it's about valued relationships that are active. I think it is, but I also think numbers do play a part. And I think mm. we'd be naive to um, push that past. You know, for me, having a large audience, you know, on Twitter, I've got over 100,000 followers. And, you know, I can't deny that it's not helped me. Yeah. I mean, Twitter even became a client of mine. I used to do their content for their blog. All um, right. Yeah, so when I had my content agency. So, um, you know, having a large 
network does help. It does add credibility, authority, but you have to monetize it. And I think that's mm. the key. So many yeah. people aren't monetizing it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, and that's actually is a, is a good, I suppose, segue into this kind of topic then, uh, Leelok. Um, like when it comes to, I suppose, not so much because obviously social, you've got all the paid mechanisms, mm. you know, um, but, you know, that's even become harder. Like when it comes to, let's say, lead generation, whether it be mm-hmm. through a combination of social or traditional kind of media, do you have some best practice that you would say to clients to say, listen, for lead generation, this is how you need to be focusing on, you know, don't be focusing on vanity, focus on what's clicking through, et cetera, et cetera, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think for lead generation, the key is to stand out because Mm. everybody is selling the same old Mm. crap, let's be honest. Sorry, I hope that's okay to say. Edit it out if it's not. Um, And I think... (laughs) (laughs) No, we're leaving it in, we're leaving it in. (laughs) You know, like a checklist or another ebook you know i think yeah. you know for lead generation you've really got to create something of huge huge value something which has a monetary value um so i think that's key and i think it's lead generation is about making sure that you're generating consistent leads every single day filling up your pipeline but more importantly that you're following up do you know how many entrepreneurs don't follow up or don't follow up enough consistently? So it's like it's like driving traffic. Everyone's obsessed with driving traffic to their website or sales page, but then they're not converting the traffic. And it's the same with a lead. A lead is nothing unless you're converting it. So I think people need to be more obsessed with the outcome and the results rather than the word leads. We're also focused on, you know, driving more leads, getting more leads, but we don't think about, or we do obviously want them to convert, but there's not Mm. enough thought processes into them. Yeah. They say it's something like, is it five or six touch points before you really do convert people because they're having to think about it? You know, um, would that be true? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's seven touch points, but that changes all the time. And also it depends on a lot of variables. It depends on your price point as well yeah. um, and, the, and the different type of buyer. You know, like consumer products are, are very, very different buying to B2B. You can't compare the two. Um, and it's much, much easier to sell consumer products than it is B2B. And so like that's where email probably comes in uh, as a very valid tool um, because you can get them, you know, maybe to download that ebook. Um, and then that's where the important aspect of, you know, building that relationship and getting them to know what else you can help them with. Um, I mean, is that a, a good tactic even now, even more? Because well, email for one stage was starting to dip, wasn't it, Philip? And you were saying, seems to be yeah. coming back again, you know? Yeah, it's kind of up and down email. Like, um, like what are your thoughts on email marketing? Uh, so I love email marketing. And I think the money is definitely still in the list. Mm-hmm. However, I think we have to work harder and much more creative with emails. Because what we're seeing is that, People are only loyal now to a handful of emails, yeah. uh, email lists, B2B, 
because they unsubscribe very, very quickly. So yes. you actually don't have long to convert them. So yeah. in, in actual fact, you don't have the seven touch points to convert them in the email. You've probably got one or two because they're just going to hit unsubscribe. So yeah. the ebook that you send has to be incredible. It has to be better than anything else. Um, I mean, I offer, I, I have a free weekly masterclass. In fact, I've got it in a couple of hours today. Um, and, you know, that's high, high value. It's once a week for 45 minutes, huge, huge value. Um, and that's a really powerful lead magnet for me. Um, uh, and it converts really highly and people stay on my list because they want to keep coming, etc. Mm-hmm. And that converts much higher than I've got another lead magnet, which is how to overcome eight money blocks. Um, and that doesn't perform anywhere near as high as the other one. But it, it, it's a nice thing to have. Yeah. Um, but I think the key is, you know, email marketing is a heart. I mean, we could spend hours just talking about email marketing on its own. You know, it's, yeah. it's how... How consistently, how frequently, what's the tone of voice, what's in there. People are scared to sell in their emails because they're worried they're going to lose the subscribers. And it's like, well, what's the point? You know, um, you have to not be afraid to sell. If they're not going to buy, then get rid of them. And and it and again, it goes back to the whole thing of of business and sales. You know, people are, are nervous to put their prices up. Mm-hmm. Or nervous to, you know, piss someone off or offend someone or whatever. And, yeah. and and the problem is not that. The problem is that they don't have enough quality leads coming to them every single day. That's yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think it all comes down to your content on social because you're not going to get them down the funnel and onto your email list unless they actually resonate with what you're saying and what, you, mm-hmm. you know, there could be a problem they have and you would say, the solution, you know, come to, as you say, your weekly um, group um, and they start to see the value and go, do you want to want to work mm. one-to-one with her? Or yeah. I want to, you know, mm. buy maybe a, a series of whatever. Um, I think that's probably the way things seem to be resonant more, as you say, an ebook's an ebook. You'll download it. Will you read it? Maybe, maybe not, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've downloaded so many ebooks, you know, and I've. No, I know. I've got a slight file of them. But I mean, of course, everybody listening, please download mine. It's better. Yeah. Than <laughs> of course. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying them all. Yeah, you'll, get, you'll get no BS from Leela, I tell you. No BS. Um, actually, actually a, a question for you, Leela, yes. because uh, because we've obviously talked about email there. No, yeah. We've just touched on it. Um, in your experience from running your yeah. own businesses, from dealing with plenty of clients all over the world, you know, when it comes to lead generation, whether it is from social or traditional, do you find that there's certain tactics that help you get those those leads as in it might be a piece on social but then there has to be a consistent then follow-up with you personally or into an email funnel do you have any thoughts on, on that process well i mean for me it's just being i mean copy does work really well having really mm. strong persuasive compelling copy yeah so you know sharing what their problems are you know like the content i share people resonate to you know they get they're like oh this is me not everyone's open about admitting it because nobody always wants to which I totally get but it does resonate so it's about really understanding what their problem is and being able to showcase that you can solve it and what the outcome is of working with you 
um, you know, what I try and do is show the transformation that people get from working with me. And I do that consistently on a daily basis. And I think it's repetition. Um, And also it's remembering that lurkers, you know, there's more lurkers than people who are engaging. The amount of times I get people saying, like, if I meet someone or something, oh, I love your content. I'm like, really? I've never seen you like or comment. So they're obviously watching. Um, So... (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's having not being afraid to ask for the sale, not being afraid to talk about what you're trying to offer. Mm-hmm. And I think making sure that you speak their language, you know, not pussyfooting around. And I think also, you know, just being bold and brave and putting yourself out there and being really honest and raw mm-hmm. and telling people how you can help, asking people to share. Asking people, who do you know who could get value from XXX? Or, you know, saying, are you struggling with this? I can help you with this. You know, like actually asking um, and sometimes even sharing how you work in your process so people can understand it better. Yeah. And that way it seems more approachable then for them. You know, yeah, um, especially like if you're using things like video or the dreaded live video. Um, yeah, <laughs> we promised to her, Lelex, she's promised that she's going to go on video this year. She promised I have me. been the nervous video gal for the last how many years? Oh, really? Yeah, four years. Oh, wow. We need to get you over that. I know, I know. I'm a people <laughs> waiting in the wings, you know. Um, we had Ian Anderson Gray on and he loves live video. And I'm like, oh, and and he's yeah. like, oh, come yeah. on, you can do it, you can do it, you know. Yeah. So no, he's lovely. He's yeah. singing, he was he's... on my podcast. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Oh, oh, very good. Yeah, he sings he's... songs and dances on reels. He doesn't care. And no, you know what? I know. met him actually about a few months ago. Um, uh, I was over for a conference in Newcastle, and there he was. And I went, oh my god, I feel like. I heard, you know, the, the video, the live video and him, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a good friend. He, uh, he came to my daughter's butt mitzvah four years ago. Oh, actually. fantastic. Oh, no, it was like five years. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, it's four years. I'm going wow. mad. Four years. It's, a, it's a small world. I was going to say that. It is a small world. I think it is in the social media space, particularly yeah. if you've been around for a long time like us, us old yeah. times. Yeah, we, we, get to, we get to know people, you know. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> But again, it is, and I think, you know, you know, I know we keep saying social media is ever evolving and it is, I mean, you do do videos, um, Lilac, where do you get your ideas? Do you just sort of sit down and go, right, we're going to talk about this today. And, you know, um, is that where? Yeah, I get inspired from what other people aren't doing, which annoy me. Ah. uh, (laughs) That's a good one. That's a Yeah. 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 So I... Like, I'm always, like, I have a Trello board where I put all my ideas. So sometimes I do a lot of walking and stuff. So sometimes I'll be walking, I'll come up with an idea, and I'll record a note, and then I'll upload it to my Trello board. Um, Yeah, no, I always come up with ideas. I don't find it Mm. difficult to come up with ideas, actually. Um, Which is probably how I can create so much content. But I think... Uh, it's because I love learning and growing. So I spend hours every day. I don't watch much Netflix at all. I, I'm yeah. very into personal development and I spend a lot of time learning, watching and seeing what other people are talking about and listening to what problems they have, mm-hmm. what challenges they have. And my clients inspire me as well. Like, you know, if they have a particular problem, 
then, you know, I know that, well, they're not unique, they're not alone. And I think that's the other thing, you know, when you when you start coaching and coach a lot of people, mm. we all like to think we're unique and special, but we all are dealing with the same crap, the same mm. problems, yeah. the same mm. challenges. So mm. yeah. I just write about that. <laughs> Well, like that's a very it's a very good lesson I think for every business to to I suppose take note of because if you're struggling to come up with content or what are we going to talk about today, mm. you know, if you start with your customers' problems, well, what's going on in their lives, you know, what challenges do they face, how yeah. can we be the solution? You know, there's a good starting point. You know, even ask your as you were saying, yeah. like, uh, ask your customers. You know, um, maybe yeah. do a survey mm. or something because yeah, I think no matter what kind of business you have. Your customers are coming to you for some reason and yeah. there could be other questions they may have. And there you go. Perfect list yeah. of, you know, just get you started, you know. Mm, well, totally. Yeah. Well, myself and Emer, we've always we've always raised this question. Um, um, I don't know if you've come across this with your own clients, but we we would have said to our, our clients, you know, so tell us why um, your clients do business with you. And it's amazing the amount of business mm-hmm. are going to go, God, we actually don't know. We've never asked them. We just assumed yeah. that they just wanted our products. Or I actually think a lot of people are afraid to ask that question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. I think they're afraid. I think people are afraid to ask questions. They, mm. you know, and that's why I said earlier about being bold and doing things that, you know, don't care if people don't like it or, mm. or argue or don't agree. You know, if that's how you feel, just mm-hmm. be totally you and be bold with it and be upfront. It's so liberating. It yeah. really is. Mm. Yeah. Um Neil, look, this has been a super conversation. Um we've kind of touched on so many different points. We could probably talk mm. for another couple of hours, but uh, <laughs> um so uh, so I think you know Maybe if you're up for us to listen to another joke, we might get you on the show again in the future uh, to uh, talk Don't about it. Don't put her off. <laughs> yeah. Are you still you there? Anyway? Are you still there? You have me. You have me now. <laughs> um, I suppose before we, we kind of start to kind of wind towards the end, um, with the COVID restrictions looking, obviously, especially here in Ireland, starting to ease, have you have you anything exciting coming up? Are you hoping to get back on maybe uh, the speaker? Are you coming to Ireland? Or, yeah. <laughs> Oh, do you know, I've spoken in Ireland a couple of times, actually. You did? Family. I actually came to watch it. Well, um, oh, well, really? years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I was going, She's amazing. I'll be there. Oh, bless you. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, I didn't know that. That's brilliant. Um, oh. But I've never actually travelled, like, I've literally been just to speak. Um, so I would love to go back to England. I've not been for over two years. So um, I can't believe I'm saying that. But um, yeah. no, my daughter, um, she's going into the army uh, this year. Wow. Yeah, well, she's she's 17. So she's, she'll be 18 in the summer. And in Israel, it's um, mandatory. But she's doing like six months voluntary service before. Um but she'll be away for that. So I'm going entering a new chapter because she's like my little best friend and my daughter and, and she even does work for me. So I'm not looking forward to her going. But um, mm. I've said in the summer, let's do lots of travelling together because I think it'll be mm. the last time <laughs> for a very long time. Uh, well, so- come over here and we'll give you uh, a little <laughs> Yeah, and as Imo always says, I'll be opening my wallet. Uh, like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> We've charmed her now. We've charmed her. 
I love the Irish people. You guys are the friendliest people. So warm and hospitable. Oh, thank you. Well, we 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 we, we certainly like to we like to um from myself and Emer's side, we like to uphold those values. So uh, yes, we do. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Definitely comes across. So, <laughs> life is too short, and you know, treat other people how you wish to be treated online 100%. and offline. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, you know, um, so um, I've apart from that with the traveling, whatever else have you, um, are you, you know, because a lot of people say, oh, you know, I'm thinking of writing this book or I'm, you know, mm. I'm going to start, uh, well, you've done a podcast. You do a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I have my podcast. Um, no, that sounds really boring, isn't it? I'm very consistent. <laughs> I, 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 I'm really enjoying what I'm working on. Um, I Good. did want to have a retreat, actually. I wanted to, I, my passion is wellness and spas. I wanted to combine oh. that Fantastic. with a business and spa retreat. And I wanted to do it in Israel. But I'm uh, with all the restrictions, it's mm-hmm. just, I'm too nervous because mm-hmm. like if I organized it and then it fell through, then everyone would have to cancel. So oh, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that it's something I could do next year because that is a real passion of mine. But I do think about doing a book, but I just think, well, why would I do a book? What would be the reason? And right now, apart from my ego, um, it's not coming up. (laughs) You could actually do a diary of all the travels now you've got coming up. That might be an idea. A travel vlog, maybe, you know, you know, traveling with me. Oh, I would love that. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me know. Let me know. And uh, I'll be first in the queue because I yeah. love okay. you know, And I can I carry Emer in your bags. How about that? I can be behind. Okay. Yeah. How about that? Okay. I like that. <laughs> That's a deal. That's Very a deal. Before, before we, we leave um, today, Leela, where could people go to find out more about you? Yeah, sure. So um, my name is pretty unique. I think I'm the only Leela Bullock in the world. So my website is aptly named leelachbullock.com and it's spelled L-I-L-A-C-H. I run a free weekly masterclass, which is 3.30 p.m. UK time every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Each week there's a different topic. Uh, today I'm doing um, how to create a LinkedIn and Facebook profile, which generates hundreds of leads and i be critiquing people's uh, LinkedIn and Facebook profiles live. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I also have a podcast, The Leela Bullock Show, and um, Facebook group, um, The Magnificent Marketing and Mindset Group. And there's lots of tips, tactics, uh, advice, and motivation there too. And um, you can always just send me an email. I try to respond, but I don't always, but I do try. <laughs> You're a busy she does, woman, she does, yeah. she does reply. She does. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, at least you, you get there estimate estimate yes, there. Yeah. So. um well listen i suppose Leela, thank you so much again for joining us yeah today. it's been great it yeah, has it's, yeah it's, it's been super and um to our listeners if you enjoyed today's show you can catch it again and all the other shows on the let's get social show podcast on podbean itunes spotify and of course on the dublin south fm website so do please download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And all this I have to say is I've been Philip Twyford. And I've been Emer Duffy. And we'll see you again soon for more Let's Get Social. See you then. Bye.